0: What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 70 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm your host this week, Stan Goderski.
1: I'm Andy Carrasquilla. And I'm Chris Sampson.
0: How was your week? Somebody?
1: <laughs> I, I wanted to leave the awkward <laughs> pause as long as it could be. Uh, my week was good. Mostly, uh, mostly work and sleeping, but good. Mm-hmm. Anticipation.
0: I heard you got Mighty Number Nine.
1: I did. Is it, is it garbage. Yeah, I haven't played it yet.
0: Are you ready for the pizza explosions?
1: I got the collector's edition. What did that come with? Came with a a statue of Beck. You poor bastard. Limited. <laughs> like, who 10, the hell is Beck? Is that the main character? The main character. Yeah. Limited to 10000 pieces called the signature edition.
0: I wonder now that since people seem to be really not shitting on this yeah, game. really not digging it so much if if that will actually end up making your collector's edition more
1: worthwhile it might adjust it my In like a
0: weird irony sense it'll just be like like the hipster market like oh yeah might no well, it was nine. only I 60 it so bucks
1: bad. i figured that's the price you might, of a it might,
0: game it might be the room of video games
1: could be i hear the <laughs> credits are longer than the actual game itself
0: cuz all the kickstarter people yeah they put them all in the credits i'm so sorry kickstarter people i really you know what i came this close to backing Mighty Number no. 9 when it came on Kickstarter. Because I was so excited for... Because I was really pissed that Mega Man Legends 3 got cancelled. Because that was one of the main reasons why I got the 3DS in the first place. And here being cancelled like really got me so mad that I was ready to drop down money on the Mighty Number no. 9 thing. But I never did. I'm glad now. <laughs> I'm glad I never did that. I'm,
1: I'm almost positive
0: I back this. You know what? At least Bloodstained is looking really
2: good.
1: Bloodstain is looking great. Ah, I
2: can't wait for Bloodstain. Yes. What about you, Chris? I'm I'm really really excited for Bloodstain as well. I don't know. I was on and off about Mighty Number Nine. It was largely off of my radar until I, I guess like last year's E3. But I don't know. I just passed in and out, and I didn't fund the Kickstarter. After listening to like PS I Love You, XOXO, or other podcasts, you know every now and then Mighty Number no. Nine would pop up. and I'm like, oh, that's a thing, but it kind of just left my brain afterwards. So I guess I don't really have an opinion. the The only thing I just
1: don't think that like side-scrolling platformers are like as big as they used to be.
2: There's like hidden gems that come out once in a while. Shovel like, Night, you know, like, Shovel, Shovel Night. Uh, I think Ukulele, but that's think- that's 3D though.
1: Well, that's yeah, not but, but still,
0: ukulele. If we're talking about Kickstarter stuff, then ukulele, shovel knight, and blood are looking to be like the three top.
2: Wait, what about Shenmue Three? Isn't that still that's Kickstarter that's still funded?
0: Car, Kickstarter funded? But it's not it's not entirely Kickstarter funded because it's got backing by like Sony or something. So, but that's also looking like it's coming together because they're they're periodically updating with new art and stuff. So yeah. I'm not worried about Shenmue Three. Might even number nine has been in trouble for like a really long time really long time it
1: got it got like six pushbacks chris how was your week
2: it was good i got back from ohio and on the way back from our ohio trip with my boss for for convention stuff uh i, I got to this hour-long conversation with my boss jesse about uh, about comic books and like the comic book industry and how they work and like uh, how it's a subscription based model and and pools and DC Rebirth and my my boss he he likes nerdy stuff but he likes like sci fi novels and spy novels so he's really into like Dresden Files and Dune and he's coming back into video games um so he's been playing a lot of Uncharted and Doom and Salt and Sanctuary. I guess he largely missed the comic book scene. So after talking with me in the car for like an hour about like nonstop comic book stuff, he's really excited to get into the comics too. So I was really, so that was my, my proud moment of this week. We went on a field trip during the work week to Phantom Comics and he picked up his first ever graphic novel, which was uh, Why the Last Man, which is a fantastic, fantastic post-apoc slash dystopian book by Brian K. Vaughn. It's basically, there's killer virus epidemic that ravages the whole world, so that targets or attacks the Y chromosome, so basically, there's no, men are no longer born in this universe, and for some reason, this particular protagonist and his pet monkey are like the last two living males on the planet, and so he devoured that in less than two days, so I'm really happy for that. I I converted my boss to comics this week. And uh, that's it's really cool. So, um what have you done? Ah, uh, yes. Like oh now, now all his money's gonna be gone. He's gonna be worrying about five dollar book prices and Ugh. you know, <laughs> fifty dollar Dark Knight Return Frank Miller variants. Well, but now it's okay. you have
1: now you have someone to uh, rage with at work.
2: Exactly, it's really cool. Actually, uh, I'm not what I plan to do. Is Wednesdays like I don't know during lunch breaks or like when we leave after work, we're just gonna hit up comic book shops. We're gonna pick up the latest pools, and we're just gonna rage and make fun and, and just geek out with all the other all the customers. It's gonna be fun. So there's that. I watched a ton of anime this weekend because uh, I didn't go to a convention this weekend. I didn't have any plans. Just turn off my brain and w- turn on the anime, and it was great. I started watching Space Patrol Luluko, which is another anime by Trigger, so the same guys who made Kill a Kill. It's a really quirky anime. I really love it. It's like a sh- like short five, six, seven minute long vignettes about this girl in high school, and for some reason, her particular hometown it, it was bought up by aliens in the middle of Japan. So it's like the the this giant space. Hub port city where aliens and high schoolers are just regular Norman humans. They just interact and mingle and it's totally normal. And she evidently becomes a space patrol cop because her dad got cryogenically frozen by accident. So it's really awesome, really over the top. And I started also watching this other anime called Joker game. It's also really cool. It's it's super serious, dramatic, spy anime uh set within like the big be- like the years leading up to world war ii it involves eight members of this special clandestine japanese spy organization it's really riveting and really cool um uh, so yeah i was watching those two and i've been reading a bunch of comics that's my topic later for today uh how about you guys Everyone's- well i picked up
0: tokyo mara sessions um i haven't really had a chance to play it But I'm super excited to dive into it. I think I'm gonna put on, put The Witcher on hold. I'm like halfway through The Witcher. But I've been waiting to play this game for so long that I'm probably gonna just. I only have the, the attention span for one really meaty RPG at once. So I like to divide my times between really large RPGs and like quicker, like smaller games. Like kind of mindless stuff like Overwatch or something, and then supplement that with the bigger RPGs. So playing two of those back to back is a little crazy. So I'm probably gonna stop playing Witcher for a little bit. But um, do you
1: think you're gonna lose like your focus in The Witcher?
0: No, because The Witcher does this cool thing where every time you start, you load up a save. There's a little animated cutscene that plays that catches you up to what's the last thing you did essentially. Oh. So you just kind That's of really cool. In it. Yeah. That's pretty useful. Yeah, um, I wish more RPGs did that. That would yeah. be so useful. Yeah, that's... it. Kind, It's really annoying, though, when you want to reload a save. Like, you turn off the system, you turn it back on or something, and you played it like an hour ago, and it's just the same goddamn cutscene again. Like, Geralt is walking through... I don't give a fuck! You told me! <laughs> <laughs> Wait! <laughs> I wish they would, like, read your clock before they do the, the cutscene. Like, oh, is, has it been a whole day? Let me remind them. Has it been a week? Yeah. Has
1: it been 10 minutes?
0: Has, uh, yeah, has it been 10 minutes? Time to tell them about fucking Geralt buying a cake? <laughs> they they don't do that. They don't they don't say that. But um, I the the twenty minutes that I spent with Tokyo Mirage Sessions this weekend was awesome because it was like ridiculous stupid anime plus the Persona Shimagami style teenagers getting into high drinks and then. You know, like how sometimes there's a gimmicky thing on the gamepad on the Wii U that they kind of like force you to use. In this game, it's optional, but I found myself really wanting to use the gamepad because they use it in a really cool way where the screen of the gamepad is actually your main character's smartphone. And so you'll get text messages from your, from your friends on the gamepad and you can reply and like send like a mean text back or like a, a like a nice text or <laughs> something or and they send you like emojis and shit and i think and i i, I found myself saying like i really love this and i want to use this and i and i like how they incorporated the gamepad and it made something that's it's completely optional but it made me want to use it so i, I like that my first like five minutes of the game i was like this is great i'm definitely using the gamepad throughout the entire it's like 50 plus hours that i play this game Nice. No. All right, guys. News flash.
2: News flash. <laughs> so, our first piece of news: the the world the word on the grapevine, uh, according to um, I think it was Matt Matt Fay or Matt Frey. One of those one of those words. Uh, Matt he's a producer from Fat Man on Batman. That's Kevin Smith's Batman turned more just generic comic book nerdy podcast. There's news that Marvel Studios and Fox, they're in talks of doing a crossover movie property. There's no other speculation or or official announcements. A lot of fans are assuming it will be like Avengers versus X-Men, but it could be something else. But Fox seems to be interested. They seem to be wanting to go to the table and combining forces with Marvel to do something. So what do you guys think of that?
0: You know what? They, they're probably willing to do it because it worked for Spider-Man. They they dropped Spider-Man into... Well, was that Sony? It's, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Fox saw them doing this with Spider-Man. Oh, and yeah. that's why they're probably interested in doing it because it worked for Spider-Man. They dropped Spider-Man into, into Civil War. Now he's going to get his own movie. And people are excited about Spider-Man again. And I know the X-Men movies do pretty well on their own. But you know what? Quality-wise, they're a little, like, depending on what movie it is,
2: a little... Uh, Did
1: you guys... Did any of you guys see Age of Apocalypse I have yet?
2: not seen it. I, I've seen Age of Apocalypse.
1: Although it was pretty good. A lot of people talk badly about the movie, but I found myself to really like it until the end. I, well, so I really
0: like the first class era of the X-Men films a lot. And I really liked Days of Future Past, so I don't see why I wouldn't like this one. But I haven't gotten a chance to see it because I've just been so busy.
2: At what point... What what what, what constitutes the end for you? Like? Beating apocalypse.
0: Oh, okay. No spoilers.
1: Wanna, no spoilers. I want to
0: see this shit. Um, I think this would be awesome if they did Avengers versus X Men. I wonder what what would make them come to terms with this. Maybe I don't know putting uh, all new Wolverine in Infinity War and then making a letting the MCU have Wolverine and make a movie out of it, and then they can use the X Men and the Marvels together. <laughs>
1: i just want to see an interaction between logan and spider-man those are always my favorite interactions
2: what about Deadpool? i would like to i like to see marvel actually use the word mutant and not get in trouble and not have to well i, I i'm really interested in what they're trying to do with the inhumans even though they asked the movie but they st- still they still show up on agents of shield but i like to see mutants like like the, the word mutants or like the content of mutants you know have some play in the Marvel universe. So, I mean, they can't do it right now, but maybe if the flight gates open a little bit, you know, Fox can, can, um, you know, let them, ha- let them have some fun.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's super easy to do too. Cause you, you give Thanos the infinity gauntlet and he could just rip open a hole in the universe that lets the Fox guys fall through the X-Men. That's all you gotta do. And yeah, the, the fact that they can't use the mutant stuff is really annoying because it's affecting the comic books. Also, they retconned Squirrel Girl's history so that she's no longer a mutant, so Fox can't use her, which is kind of ridiculous, because I liked Squirrel Girl being a mutant, and now she just got has her powers mysteriously.
2: There's, Wait, like, no real... That's weird. So, is Squirrel Girl, like... Affected by the Terogid Mist, or she's she's just unex- she's
0: never been a mutant. Uh, according That's to so weird. it's just it's a joke that they do in the first issue of Squirrel Girl, where they meet Squirrel Girl's mom. Like Squirrel Girl introduces one of her friends to her mom, and her mom's just like, "Oh yeah, th- we we legally she's not a mutant. <laughs> according, to, according to her birth certificate, she is not a mutant. Or they did something like that where they just said like they emphasized legally." in the comic book that she can't be a mutant.
2: So odd. <laughs> which so is weird. which is
0: pretty meta and I think that's a funny way to do it, but I definitely liked her origin better when she was a mutant. Squirrel Girl is still like one of my favorite Marvel uh heroes now, presently in the modern times, you know. But I just wish I I liked her her mutant background. I liked that she was a affiliate of the X-Men and she's like not anymore, you know, which is a bummer. Because well, I like maybe, the X Men. Maybe
1: after this, they'll uh, they'll legally classify her as immune again.
0: That'd be great. If they could, if. And, and
1: reinitiate her into the X Men. If the
0: MCU can bring Squirrel Girl and all new Wolverine into the fold, I'd be so happy.
1: What if Squirrel Girl makes an X Men team of squirrels? No. <laughs>
0: all right, listen. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> there was a crossover between Squirrel Girl and Howard Duck when they had like a couple, like a two issue crossover. Where it was basically a villain who was capturing animal themed people to hunt. And so, like, Craven was there, and Howard the Duck, and Squirrel Girl. And this is the best part is that Craven, the hunter, was helping her but then he got the tables got turned on him and he became the hunted and he was very upset about that and he also has this van with like a painting of him on the side called the cray van
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: which they introduced and there's a squirrel character who was also kidnapped who is basically um weapon 9 or something weapon IX who's just a squirrel with like the weapon X head headset and like wolverine claws
2: <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> and it it acts like logan but it's a tiny squirrel and like the squirrel's like talking shit and like has the healing factor and he keeps mentioning his healing factor and everyone is like shut up about your fucking healing factor you damn squirrel <laughs> does, does the squirrel say bub and, I don't listen it's, like it's just this little squirrel like clanging his claws together and, and talking about he, how he's the best he is at what he does and shit it's oh, wow. <laughs> like funniest thing oh
2: my god <laughs> i need to read this so badly now this sounds so good yeah that that sounds amazing
1: you had me at craven crayvan. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Kray Van. laughs> i'm gonna send you pictures later at the Kray Van. I'm, please, a, I'm gonna dig please,
2: them please please do oh my god all right say so anything else about marvel and fox team up i That's think bad. it's a good idea yeah i think i think nothing but good things can come out of this do you think Marvel, Fox, and Sony were ever, you know? Oh, of course. Infinity noticed?
0: War is called Infinity War for a reason. Okay, I'll leave it at that.
2: All right, all right. Next, next up on our news flash, we have some more news about Telltale Games, uh, Batman. Yes. So, in an interview with Games Radar, the Telltale's head of creative communications. Job Stoffer said that it's their aim to have all five episodes of Batman to come out by the end of December. So based on that project timetable, the first episode should drop around July or August. So five, five episodes. Um, that's pretty ambitious because I, I first he said five episodes will definitely come out and then he re-clarified in a tweet, like the day after, that they're gonna try to make that deadline. But he did say that the majority of the story will be out before December. They also mentioned that while most of the E3 coverage was behind closed doors, they had a 30-minute presentation of the game, which was largely met with positive acclaim by most, if not all, the all the reviewers. They revealed Or I guess they confirmed that it's a completely original take on Bruce Wayne, Batman, and that it would involve the first encounter with Catwoman and Two-Face. So Interesting. Yeah.
1: Nice. So this is like Batman Uh, year one.
2: Yeah, like Telltale's Batman year one. Yeah. I'm curious, Batman Year One, like the original story. It's really great, but it's been I think it's been done a lot. We, with it, Batman Begins did it, and it's also like
1: BVS kind of touched e- on it.
2: Exactly, exactly. So Scott Snyder's kind of recreated Batman's origins, but I'm trying to figure out like what other reimaginings of his origins is, are have been incredibly popular, stand out because like most of the time people reference Batman Year One.
1: Yeah, um, um, can't really uh, think of anything. Like just
0: year one and begins huh. though. Only uh. two that I. Um. Oh. Um. Mask. Mask of the Phantasm was a pretty good early years Bruce Wayne. Story. That's
2: right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've never uh, actually seen that. Oh, it's so good though. It's so such a good, good thing. It's a good movie.
2: It still ha- it still holds up over time. Yeah, it's, it's really just good. amazing.
0: Yeah, it shows like early Bruce Tim Bruce Wayne kind of becoming Batman. So you get to see him like before he's the vigilante. And he's just, like, in, in like, sweats and shit, like, fighting crime until he becomes, like, Batman. I should so check that's, that that's out. That's cool. Um, I like where Batman the Animated Series started, where they didn't give him yeah. an origin, and then it just dropped him. And it was just, hey, it's Batman doing shit, right? I feel like they should do the same thing with this game and not give us his origin. It could be early on in his career, before Two-Face, with, um... It could be, essentially, Long Halloween, you know, where harvey dent becomes toothface Two th- face by the end you know and i don't know maybe they can tie it in with your decisions that you make as bruce wayne slash batman and kind of like to steer how harvey dent becomes tooth face like maybe he'll become Two face anyway but he, at least maybe the way you act around him can steer him to, towards being more of a, of a hero vigilante than like a villain or maybe if you're
2: a complete asshole to him he'll turn into Two face you know what i mean <laughs> I think it would be really interesting. There was like a like a series of plot decisions where Harvey Dent just stays Harvey Dent and like Harvey Dent becomes a, like another Jim Gordon kind of figure where he, he supports him and he le- he kind of turns the other or way.
0: Maybe you doing that makes Jim Gordon become Two-Face instead. Holy <laughs> shit. Take my money.
2: I want Jim Gordon Two-Face right now.
1: That I sounds feel, amazing. See, I, I agree with you where they shouldn't throw in like the... Batman backstory like I feel like it's kind of like Uncle Ben dying I've seen that happen too many times yeah we don't need to see him again stop showing me bru- uh Martha and Thomas Wayne dying yeah I don't need to see him get shot anymore about them. um but yeah
0: it was, it, they could also do the same thing with Catma- Catman <laughs> I wish they had Catman in there instead of Catwoman but no Catwoman where Cat you
1: immediately makes me think of fairly odd pins. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> <Adam> <laughs>
0: West. But there's also Catman Adam in West DC, like as an actual person hero guy. And also,
2: there's also Catgirl, uh, Carrie Kelly becomes Catgirl yeah. like the, the second dark knight. but like it'd be cool if
0: you if you capture Catwoman as she's making like or she's stealing like jewelry or something and you capture her for the first time then you could decide if you want to like go hard on her like throw her in her pr- prison or be like kind of romantically like let her go or some shit you know like it'd be great if they give you the opportunity to deal with people the way you see fit you know like just how 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 batman you want to be or like how lenient
2: you want to be instead and like forge your own batman love well, with 2 Face, that's also really perfect you could be like ba- you could be the batman it's like i'm gonna lock up in an arkham and like just throw harvey away or it could be you could you could be a, the Batman that tries to plead to Harvey the, to change his ways and go back, and like you know, Batman offering help. Like I can help you, Harvey. I can, I can.
0: Or you can be like Harvey. I know you're gonna be killing people no matter what. Let me steer you in this direction, and you can kill the villains. <laughs> and then maybe, oh, maybe and- the ultimate choice at the end of the of the five episodes is Batman killing somebody, and you gotta decide if you're gonna be the Batman who breaks his one rule. Or if you're gonna stick to like classic Batman, that would be fucking awesome. That'd if you were really just sad. like, maybe you kill Two Face at the end, you know? Maybe you have to, or, or if you don't, he's gonna do some shit. You gotta do, you gotta make that hard choice. That'd be awesome. Let's fuck up the mythos. Let's do it. Let's let us do, do it. it.
2: Telltale, tell. just, just, just let us, let us play in this playground. It's gonna be amazing. Um, do you think Two Face will be the the big bad or you, will will it be Joker, or will it be like the entire rogues gallery? I feel like it it'll be
0: like some Batman Begin shit where they have these villains and then at the end they'll tease the Joker for like a season two or something, you know? They don't wanna like I don't want, I don't think they're gonna wanna blow their load like in the
2: beginning, like in the first season. Yeah. You know? mm. Yeah.
1: That's very true.
2: Yeah. But July, August, they can't come soon enough because everything that's coming out of the, the, the news reel it sounds amazing. Yeah. So also related to the bat mythos, the director of Drive, um, Nicholas Winding Refn, Winding Refn. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. But Drive, you know, that epic, epic um Ryan Gosling movie? Yeah, oh my god, the name escaped me. Thank you. The Ryan Gosling Hollywood stunt driver getaway car movie with with that dope-ass retro 80s music soundtrack. He's still a little bit sad that he didn't get to direct Wonder Woman, but he's still really, really excited and really interested in doing other DC properties. So he wants to do a Batgirl movie. Do it. Uh, yeah, do it. Do please. It. Let me we we haven't had a good Batgirl live action on screen since Batman sixty six. And we will not uh Yeah, God, the sixties were
0: a long time ago to
2: have a good yeah. Batgirl
0: on screen. Uh, and then, you know, then there's like
2: Alicia Alicia Silverstone from Batman and Robin. Who is not is,
0: who is non Batgirl. Uh, that's that's some other that's other yeah. some, some other side bat going on over there. That's not no Batgirl that I that's ever so knew there's listen there's a scene in that movie batman and robin where she's hacking into bruce wayne's computer or something and this the the light of the computer screen is shining on her face but it's a mirror image of what's actually on the computer screen
1: oh well, wow, really <laughs> yeah it oh just projected on
0: her face because that's how light works <laughs> it just projected the fucking computer screen on her face it's so uh... stupid yeah, and it was just like a beep boop, and then it opened up the screen, and it was Alfred, and he was like, "Guess what, Bruce Wayne is Batman," and she's like, "Oh, all right."
2: Uh, Alfred just <laughs> on a on a whim just uploaded his consciousness into a computer hologram, and also took the liberty of making a bat suit for his yeah, Batgirl was, was his granddaughter in that movie or in that universe. Yeah, it was some bullshit. Or something like that right? Yeah, it was yeah, no Barbara Gordon. Shit. It was dumb. It was dumb yeah. movie. Dumb, yeah, dumb so. girl. But uh, I know we, we touched upon this before, but like a Bird of, Birds of Prey movie or like a Batman's, or Batgirl solo movie or what would you like to see from this guy?
0: I would like to see a Batgirl Burnside movie from him and then, but make it at, atmospherically the 80s, like Drive.
2: All right. With all like
0: right. a retro soundtrack and very neon and nighttime kind of shit and like lots of purples and golds. That's what I want.
2: You gotta have mullet night Nightwing, mullet Nightwing. Come on, please. Yeah. Okay. That'd be so good. Yeah. That's fine. And mullet Superman, mullet Superman. Actually, I, I also read a, another interesting piece of news. I think is um, it? Oh God, is it Snyder or was, someone? Someone wanted to tease long haired mullet Superman and some live action adaptation
0: um, for Justice League. i was now. reading this before. Hold
2: on. Oh, yeah, that's right, for Justice League. I'm sorry. That's right.
0: They should do it, but they just do it as a joke where he comes back with the mullet and then, like, Bruce is just like, you got to cut that shit. <laughs> like, what What do you – it is it is 2017, Clark. Like, we – no. None of that.
2: Yeah, anything else you want from the back? I guess – I just – I want
0: it to happen and I want it to be relatively faithful. That's just – that's all I want. You know? If
2: there's a
1: Batgirl movie, they better fucking show Dick Grayson. I don't care about Nightwing. I don't care about Robin. Just show me the dick.
0: And plus, we'd get more Jim Gordon too. I would assume. Yeah. You know,
2: from, yeah definitely. From the Justice League. Yeah, Jonah Jameson, Commissioner Gordon, as her father. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> oh. He would pro- he'd probably
0: be very if he if he played Jim Gordon like he played Jonah Jameson. He would be a very scary Jim <laughs> Gordon. He'd be like, "Get off my roof! What are you doing? You don't pay rent." <laughs>
2: B- Batman's looking over his shoulder and, He's like, and Whoa. this Gordon disappears and reappears right in front of him. It's like, oh. Smoking a cigar. Uh, exactly. Uh. Alright, cool. Um, so I think that's about it for Newsflash. Let's go into our first topic. Um, Alright, so I'll, I'll kick it off with our topics for today. So uh, I've been reading two super awesome comic book series. I teased it it was either the last episode or two episodes ago. But I cannot recommend these two titles enough. So the first one is called Joyride. And it's written by Jackson Lansing and art by Colin Kelly. And right now it's into its third issue. Joyride is a fantastic read. It's a love letter to all the best and classic space dramas or space operas. So it's... It has a little bit of Firefly, a little bit of Cowboy Bebop, a little bit of, um, what's it called? Dark Matter, even some like Battlestar Galactica thrown in. Also like a little bit of Outlaw Star. In this world, the Earth is under severe totalitarian rule. It's like a super dystopia. Uh, there's this giant, giant shell that encompasses the earth and travel is restricted and there's a moon base and the moon is pointing a laser down at earth this is so the world can be protected because there's like xenos there's like these alien threats trying to destroy the earth all the time so they don't want anyone to leave and they don't want anyone to come into their space and everyone is super brainwashed and super socialized it's like a very the whole entire world is this very militaristic fascist society. So you have t- two main characters, Dewid and Uma. Uh Uma is is really free spirit. She's kind of li- she's like she's like if Han Solo were mashed up with with Kaylee from uh Firefly. And Dewid is like the everyman uh kind of character kind of just thrown into the mix of it. So Uma and Dewid, they perform this infiltration mission. They break into the moon base and they hijack a ship, and they go off and escape the the solar system. Along the way, they pick up this over this really overzealous government military agent who's also the same age. Her name's uh, Katrin, and they also pick up some aliens and a robot companion. And it's just them like ha- escaping the government, sort of a lot like Firefly. And just to go live free in space and to do whatever they want and have adventures—it's really cool. It's really fun. Pretty whimsical. I mean, uh, there are some sort of dark undertones, especially with the world building. There's like some moments which are classic callbacks to like Star Wars, where they're almost eaten by a planet and or like a giant monster. Like like that's that one scene in New Hope where they all. But there's like there's some other darker threads going on like about government and uh, government overreach and the struggle between freedom and security i all know it's a it's a fantastic read i highly recommend it the art's great and if you're if you're a fan of all the other properties i mentioned just like uh those very iconic space operas you would definitely love it this is just a, a giant love letter to all those and i i'm a sucker for those so i i cannot recommend that enough cool um uh, the second set of comics that I really, I really grabs my attention. It's, it's, I like, I cannot wait for these comics to come out. Uh, it's a comic book anthology magazine called Sun Bakery. It started as a Kickstarter project about 2013, so like three years ago, written by Corey S. Lewis, the Ray. His pen name is Shark and Shark is. It's the name of this crazy over-the-top indie pop, very anime inspired uh, comic series. He's also done a lot of other weird esoteric pieces. What really grabbed me about this comic book anthology, one is like it's like it's the art. The art is crazy awesome. It's it's really it's like a, a really eclectic mix, like it has like the dynamic dynamic flair and energy of like a of like beautiful joe but it's also drawn like in, like in the mix of like classic shonen anime or manga mixed with a bit of like Steven Universe and Scott Pilgrim the concept is really novel and it really speaks to me the entire premise or like his inspiration for this anthology was inspired by shonen jump this anthology it's him trying to bring a shonen jump type of experience to western comics so it's this m- monthly magazine that comes out, and there's like three or four different smaller mini-stories in it, and they're all serialized, and some end, and and, and some keep on going. These are all original IPs, hmm. um, but their DNA is very much rooted into the manga that he loved, or grew up reading, so Dragon Ball, Naruto, Death Note, like very popular Shonen Jump properties the, th- the three comics the three main storylines that that encompass like the first two issues one of them is it's called a- Aram or Aram it's a it's a very n- not so subtle reference or tribute to Metroid and and Samus imagine if Samus makes a living off of social media Sam she this is girl she wears the Samus ARM-looking armor, and how she makes a living. She goes to random planets like that that no one has been there before, and she uses like an Instagram program to take photos while like is escaping danger, escaping creatures and mutants and other crazy, over-the-top monsters. And like based on how many likes she gets, you know, that's how she makes a living. That's how she makes her money. That's how she literally survives. So it's it's a really fun tribute to those video games and th- those worlds plus like a like a not like a really cool social commentary of like how vital social media is in our world and how we how people you know practically live on social media and so that that's, that's like a that's her spin on it oh there's also bat rider bat rider is like a lot like other tokusatsu shows like uh common rider or power rangers except it involves this skateboarder guy who made a deal with the devil it's like, there's like no word. It's all, it's drawn in black and white. It's, it's like the most manga-ish of all the comics in this anthology. And it's all, it's told in th- entirely through pictures. There's no dialogue, but it's really cool. My favorite one, though, is called Dream Skills. And it's Cory's take on the whole swords versus guns debate in like anime and cartoons and movies. If I could describe it, it's like, AMC's Into the Badlands meets this movie called Bunraku. So, oh, and also a little bit of Evangelion thrown in. So all of a sudden, uh, in this world where it's, it's like super hyper anime, like everyone carries a sword. The people are having battles on the street, like Pokemon all the time. And the reason why people are having battles is because all of a sudden, uh, all these people, they generate their own Anti bullet gun field around themselves, so so guns like no, there's, there's, guns still exist in this world, but you can shoot people as much as you want, and gun, bullets cannot penetrate this magical field that every person seems to have. But the only thing that, that can pierce it is swords. So this entire culture of sword carrying and sword fighting has has arose, but it's also mixed with gaming culture. So people fight each other to gain levels. And to to gain points and gain XP so they can get like better loot or better like social status social status sort of like kill a kill one of the arcs it's crazy a the top I love it the art it's just like it's it's like an acid trip it's it's just the colors are really vibrant and frenetic I love it oh it's so good there's also some other mini comics thrown in there was like literally like, a one page comic uh, in the second issue which was Corey's attempt. To make fun and poke uh, and, and to parody Deadpool or or Deathstroke. Otherwise, like I cannot. I Sun Bakery has been my new addiction, and I really love like the mixing of Western and Eastern style f- of comics. Uh, a lot like how Avatar the Last Bender mixed Western animation with a lot of anime influences. So. Lots of cross pollination. I love it. So that's that's my latest addiction in comics. That's cool.
1: awesome. Sounds mm-hmm. really interesting. I'm, I'm
2: probably yeah. going to check that out. Yeah, yeah. So right, right now it's, a, it's really good to get into. It literally just started like a month and a half or 2 months ago. So there's only two issues to catch up on. And I I like this it's very clear that this author loves anime, loves comics, loves video games and all of that bleeds through and you can tell he's just like through and through fanboy just expressing his love for the mediums through through his this indie work. So it's very it's really it's really awesome. And punk rock, I love it.
1: That's awesome. Mhm.
2: Okay. So we're going to take a minute to
0: talk about the comic pulls for Wednesday, June 29th.
1: So this week's comic pulls for uh Chris Dark Knight 3 Master Race Number Five, and I am not going to pronounce that because I can't. Cryptocracy, cryptoc- crypt- cryptocracy,
2: there you go, Stan. I'm going to let you. Uh, so yeah, with that, with that comic, that's that one's published by Dark Horse, and from what I read from the description, it's basically what if like the League of Shadows or like the Illuminati. You know, they they they've been controlling the world uh, without challenge for eons and then all of a sudden they got they got blindsided and caught off guard and now they have to deal with the shit and specifically the, the illuminati in this universe is called like the nine families and uh, i guess they're it's sort of like a what's it called an era erito- uh, like a secret eratos oh my eratos eritos- oh my god don't even like don't the cord- even
0: try using use I a different
2: word Okay. They're like the court of owls. Like there's like a family that has been ruling the world. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the, like a house of cards, their entire grasp of the world ends. So they got to like try to pick up the pieces and try to deal with that. So I found that really cool. As if you couldn't tell, I love dystopian conspiracy stuff like that. So that grabbed my attention. As for Dark Knight three master race. Um, I feel like on one hand, I feel like I I should be obligated to read it because I started it and it's I'm, I'm I like Frank Miller stuff, but at the same time, honestly, just forgot about Dark Knight Three <laughs> happening like between like DC Rebirth and all their stuff. Like I I don't know if I care about it anymore, but
0: yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I'm I'm I'll probably read the trade. Hopefully, the trade's not a thousand dollars, considering each book is like six bucks. Yeah. But you know it's going to be a thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> I mean, so far, like if you've been buying each
2: issue, you've already spent thirty bucks.
1: And that's if you've only bought the generic issue. The, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's like a hundred dollar
2: variants. Oh fuck, like Jim Lee and Bill cabbage. That's and fucking all
1: ridiculous. These.
2: Yeah, and it's crazy when you consider the fact that
0: all like almost all the DC Rebirth books are two ninety nine now. To have something to be five ninety nine, mm-hmm. it's just a little yeah. insane.
1: On the other hand, uh for me, there's Grayson Annual Three yeah. and Spider Gwen's first annual.
0: Yeah, those Spider-Gwen annual I'm definitely gonna pick up. I'm I haven't been following Spider-Gwen for a few months now, but it's her first it's her first annual. It's gonna have a bunch of smaller stories, I think, so I'm definitely gonna pick it up. Um Jason Latour does the art for one of them, so yeah, I'd pick that up. And Squirrel Girl number nine also comes out. Squirrel Girl is like the funniest book that Marvel puts out. And unfortunately, Howard the Duck is ending with issue 11. So once Howard the Duck is over, Squirrel Girl is going to be the only like straight up comedy book. that That's a gets... weird
1: ass number ten. that.
0: Well, they had it planned from the beginning. So it's the only reason why that number is so weird is because they did the fucking Secret Wars reboot. And so Howard the Duck had to start over from one again. Wow. Otherwise, they'd be That's on so issue weird. 15 or something. Okay. So yeah, is the last issue and then Howard Duck will come to an end. But Scroll Girl number nine is awesome. I hope I don't I hope that never ends. I hope that goes on forever. It's a great book. Nice. That's it. That's combo polls.
2: All right, so now
0: Overwatch Watch twenty sixteen. <laughs> Keeping you up to date on all the
2: Overwatch shit. Alright, so um and I think it was a week ago, a week ago, um Widowmaker and McCree got nerfed. So McCree... it's not
0: high noon anymore.
2: So, McCree, he's still pretty good, but... I
0: think he's only... Uh, he's heard, not as... He, I think it's he, only um the PC version so far that got yeah. that nerf. Oh, it's true. We're still waiting on it on the consoles. Okay. Us peasants over here.
2: <laughs> no, man, console's still valid, but it's all good. So, at least for the PC version, McCree, he's been nerfed, so he's not as strong against tanks anymore. I know in the previous versions, like... You know, McCree just can sneak up on people and take out a tank with like three or four shots. But now that's not as po- not as uh, easy to do anymore. Yeah. It's not as awesome for some players. But um, I don't know. Widowmaker got nerfed as well, and I know so many people were upset over that. Especially because I, to me, I, that doesn't make much sense because she's a sniper. But I, I, yeah, I the Blizzard sn- makes the rules. Apparently, the
0: sniper should do the most damage. I think you know like especially what was, with
1: what was what's Widowmaker's Yeah, what's
0: it Oh, um infrared she she lights up all the enemies for everyone on the team so everyone can see
2: where all the enemies are.
1: I don't yeah. see why that needs to be nerfed.
2: Was that nerfed? Yeah, that was nerfed. Well, how do they nerf it? Okay, here all right, so this is from a polygon article that was written about 2 weeks ago. Let's see. So, for McCree his bullet damage was decreased from his alternate fire from 70 to 45. His reload time takes a bit longer. So instead of 0.3 seconds, it's 0.75 seconds. Quote, McCree is performing too well against all targets, making him feel like a must pick in many situations. By reducing the damage of his alternate fire, McCree is now significantly weaker against tanks like Roadhog and Reinhardt, but still maintains his lethality. Like, out. Oh. Maintains its lethality against smaller targets like Tracer and Genji. Uh, for Widowmaker, uh, her Widow's Kiss alternate fire scope shot was decreased from 15 to 12, although her mo- damage multiplier remains unchanged. Her headshot damage multiplier was increased from 2 times to 2.5 times. Players now have to wait a longer time for the unscoping ma- animation to end before scoping again. Uh, the cost for her ultimate ability was increased by 10%. Mm. So So it just takes longer to get. Exactly. So, quote, In the right hands, Widowmaker can feel unstoppable even when just landing body shots instead of critical headshots. The changes to her alternate fire weaken body shot damage while leaving her headshot damage unchanged. Additionally, we felt her ultimate ability, Infrared Sight, was coming up a little too frequently, especially considering its impact on the game. In terms of recent news, everyone wants Torbjern? Torbjorn. Torbjorn. Oh, yeah, Torbjorn. The, the engineer. Yeah, uh, Everyone wants him nerfed. So let me look up the news about that. I think well, it looks
1: in- like they're going to get it. Uh, his turret's going to do like significantly less damage.
0: Only on the consoles, I heard. Yeah, on, on the, the consoles. Version, because compensate for the fact that analog sticks aren't as accurate as mouse. So it's harder to lock, like aim at the fucking turret and kill it before it can kill you. Because of how accurate the turrets are.
1: I, I seem to not have an issue with it.
0: Well, because you're a fucking Hanzo, and you can throw an arrow across the fucking map. I don't have an issue with it when I'm playing as Farah and I I can fire six rockets because I'm crouched behind a corner a 100 feet away, and I just see, I see the very, it's like one pixel of the turret, and I'm like, oh, nope, gotta put the fucking crosshair on it, fire six rockets, blow it up. Or, if I want to be real dangerous, I'll be Diva and I'll throw up the Defense Matrix and rocket right, right into the face of the turret. I don't give a fuck who else is around me. I will just fire at the damn turret until it blows up, and then I'll just sacrifice like a life doing that. I will do that. I will. T- I will do what it takes to make sure our team can progress. Unlike the other people that I fucking play with online all the time, all those randos who think they're playing team deathmatch and don't understand the concept of get on the fucking point, push the payload, and protect the damn space. So- like.
2: I can't tell you how many times that happens to me. I get it. Like, I end up being like the only one escorting the payload or defending the point. And I usually play, especially for like, uh, defensive rounds. I, I play Zarya. So like, I, I last really long with like throwing shields at myself, but like no one comes to my rescue. So I was like, I guys, I'm holding the point and you guys are just going around shooting and playing Call of Duty. Battlefield Ops, and yeah, very yeah, really sad. We need to. Uh, the other day, I was playing. Uh,
1: um, I was playing like a escort mission, and uh, me and one other person had a mic on. At first, I I pick Hanzo, like that's my go to in general. So I was like, all right, I'll play as Hanzo. So I'm playing as Hanzo, and then uh, the other person with a mic was like, by the way, our team really needs a healer. So I was like, I got you. So I fulfilled that role as the healer. But then our team still sucks anyway because me as the healer, what what's his name? The dude with the skates? Lucio? Yeah. That's like my favorite healer. Yeah, and, he's uh, pretty good. Me playing as Lucio, like I, I got like sixteen kills. I should not get sixteen kills with Lucio. Like what what the hell is wrong with my team?
0: Uh you know, that's why you can't play with Randos. But like we're so busy, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, you get on what you get on, play, what you deal with what you got. It's just ridiculous that people will be on the point, protecting the point, but then they'll follow enemies off the point and then leave it wide open for someone else to come run in and take it. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Is this your first team-based uh, shooter like ever?
1: Uh, there was like a capture the point, and I was playing as Hanzo, and I was in a little building. It was like right out, right, right in front of the point. Enemies were coming from the front, the left and the right, and I wound up ending that game with a twenty kill streak. <laughs>
2: I won twenty oh, and oh. That's insane.
1: Yeah, I, I fucking wrecked.
2: GG <sighs> well played. I love overwatch.
1: <laughs> so good. Even when we need more players like that Hanzo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, even when I'm doing my team is doing poorly, I'm still having a good time. Which yeah. is more than I can say for, like, other online games. Like, you know, it's fucking Street Fighter you now. Like, <laughs> I feel like... And, and it might be because a lot of the time when, when I lose, I'm always like, it's my fucking team. It's not me. It ain't me! And I always feel good at the end of a match because I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I won't... And then I'll purposely vote for myself You, you know know what else?
1: games. Helps? That uh, even if you lose, you can still get player
2: of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And you can still get you can still get like rep points for other from other players, and then you get to see
1: so. like you got a gold in most kills in
2: like in your kills for your team. Yeah. Uh, so
0: like even though you lost, you you can still you get rewarded. You very still get well, stuff. Yeah. You, know? you still
2: get the XP. You can still get those loot boxes. You know, those you, damn
0: you're, 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 annoying. <laughs> Evil loot boxes.
2: Oh look, I got the same duplicate skin, which of this guy that I'll never use. Or... Oh, I
0: spent three hours grinding the next level so I can get a loot box before bed. Oh, I got three voice packs and a fucking spray for Roadhog.
2: <laughs> oh 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 god! I spent fifty dollars actually buying loot boxes. And only one legendary skin that I actually wanted, but the rest of them are sprays that I'll never use. But. I, I will never spend money on. <sighs> loot boxes. I was going to say, why would you spend $50 no, dollars was, on loot boxes? you fucking insane. Some people, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, they, they came out, they came out with this, uh, with this, uh, financial report since Overwatch, uh, launched, I guess, like, uh, two month, no, month and a half ago, so almost two months ago. They made like 200 million already, like, or 250 million. I, I can see the appeal though,
0: because you want, you want the skins, for the characters that you want to play as, you want the specific skins. Like there are some skins that I want more than others, like the firefighter skins for May. Like I want those so bad, and then I want the punk skins for um, Tracer.
1: My friend actually unlocked the firefighter skin for May. Never touched a May before. Once he unlocked that skin, he was like, "Yeah, I'm made in this bitch."
0: May so awesome. May's like one of my favorite characters to play as, and I can't wait to.
1: I the want for it. the wolf hat for uh, for Hanzo. For Hanzo, yeah. it also turns his ultimate into instead of him shooting dragons out, he shoots out wolves. Really?
0: That's yeah, awesome. yo, that's little, dope. Little thing fist on the map. Um, <sighs> I can see the the benefit of wanting to go and pay for the packs yourself because if it's gonna take you three hundred hours to randomly unlock the loot box that has your skin, by that point you're probably done playing Overwatch anyway. You know, you'd rather want it unlocked early so all that time you're putting in playing, you're playing as the skins that you want to play as, you know? And not all of those skins are great. Like, I I love playing as Lucio, but I, I don't like his hockey skins. I don't want to play as the hockey skins. But I have a hockey skin for him. I don't care about hockey. Sorry. I just don't.
2: <laughs> How could you, stand? <laughs> do you think Blizzard would ever do, like... A trading system where if you have like, like limited like people on your friend list, like, Stan. I really like that hockey skin. I'll trade you that for uh, for this firefighter may skin. So. Do you think that would happen? I
0: think so because Rocket League is implementing it soon, where you could trade hats with other people and stuff you'd unlocked. And Team Fortress has been doing it forever, so I feel like they'll. they'll it's only a matter of time. I hope eventually they go around to just letting you pay money for the skins instead of paying money for the loot
2: boxes yeah like league of legends that that works really well see that's what i wanted
0: you can so you do it like this you make the loot boxes really cheap but make it a grab bag and then you make the skins a little bit more expensive but you can buy exactly what you want yeah problem solved
2: that's, a, that's what that's like, what i expected from the beginning but Well
1: like yeah. 10 bucks for this well not 10 bucks hell no Three dollars for this mystery loot box, which you only get legendary skins out of. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, like, like it's rare a guaranteed legendary. Or
0: yeah, um, that would be really cool. Yeah, and you know what? I I foresee with you know, call it a hunch, but the fact that there's like ten million people buying and playing this game, and all the money that they're making, there's going to be more skins and more characters. So I hope that in the future they let you buy costume packs or whatever for whatever you want. Because you know what? Say what you will about cosmetic DLC and shit, but I will drop money on a, on a costume that I really like yeah. if I if it if it's gonna make my character look like a total badass. I don't I don't really care. I'll do it. You know, like what? I, I did the same shit for Street Fighter,
1: Resident Evil Five, Heavy Metal. Chris, fuck yeah, I dude. Did that,
0: dude. I don't even like Resident Evil Zero, and I paid for the fucking skins for Rebecca. <laughs> All right, because be, you know why? Because they had the prototype Nintendo sixty four skin for Rebecca. And I was like, alright, you, you got me. All right, You, you <laughs> bastards, you put the best skin as a DLC, so there. Anyway, Overwatch is good.
2: Overwatch <laughs> is so good, there's, this, there's a story where this League of Legends player actually dropped out of his team, because I guess he, he got out of practice or something, or wasn't working as well as his team, because he was playing too much Overwatch. That's, that's how crazy. good Overwatch is. Yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah. That's the Overwatch, Overwatch.
0: Overwatch Watch 2016. So this past week, we've had a couple of birthdays. The 20th anniversary of the Nintendo 64's release. And the 25th year anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog. So, what's your favorite Nintendo 60... 60- favorite or most vivid memory of both Nintendo 64 and Sonic the Hedgehog?
1: Alright, so my most vivid for N64 definitely goes to kirby 64 and every single time i remember playing that game regardless of what world i was on i would always go back to the first world so that i can keep getting the same one power (laughs) and it was the uh the flame sword that was my favorite thing Mm -hmm. i don't remember why i just fucking loved it
0: what's your favorite game for the 64
1: that's tough
0: yeah i will come back to you
1: yeah
2: all
0: right chris what's your favorite your not favorite most vivid because it could be a bad memory just the one you remember the most about the 64
2: see this is really tricky because i don't have a lot of n64 experiences because i again i was you know mostly a sega and then a sony kid so the ah, only yes. times i would play n64 was when i would visit my friends places or when my cousin would visit but so what's your memory you must it have help- those right I know, yeah, yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just prefacing. One of my most vivid memories was it must have been like the first or second time I played GoldenEye for the first time. Mm. And first of all, GoldenEye is just a fantastic shooter. Like, it, it was just unbelievable. But I remember the first time where I was playing Odd Job and I could discover that I could use the hat. Because I didn't oh, know that yeah. was a thing and I was like I was flipping through my weapons and all of a sudden like the hat just I, I scrolled at the hat like what 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 the hell is that? So I, I was fumbling through my buttons and I, I think I died so when I respawned, I figured it out I was like holy shit so all I, so all I did was just troll the map and trying to find my cousin um, trying to use the hat but I failed because my cousin's really really, really good at GoldenEye or at every, at every Nintendo game because my, to this day, my cousin, he's like an OP gamer. He crushes me at everything. But just the fact, just like the pure unbridled joy of finding out that I could, the hat, that was awesome. And plus that and like slap, slappers mode only that I got it kicked out of that so much. And I guess like my favorite game would have to be original Smash. Uh, I know we, we touched about it before, but like, Aside from Power Stone, Smash was one of my very first really amazing party games. It was just so freaking cool and a lot like it was a, a huge watershed gateway to the Nintendo universe that I think without Smash, I still probably would have known as well because like I had no idea who Captain Falcon was, I had no idea who Kirby was. The, the replay value on it, even to this day, you know, it's still super high and strong and it's such a well-balanced and it's like a perfect game. I just wasted so many hours with my cousin. With me and my cousin, we're very, very close. He's similar in, in age to to me and we also like really, we're both really into anime and video games. I, I have an older brother and he, he's also into that kind of stuff, but like, he was more into like military and like shooter stuff, but like my, me and my cousin, we we were like in sync. We we love like JRPGs, we love anime, we love like the same kind of games. So just having all those bonding moments with my cousin over at N64 was just always a great time. Nice.
0: I have a few really vivid memories of the Nintendo 64 because I, I spent so much of my childhood playing it. I had, this, I had the Genesis and I had the Super Nintendo. Those were like my first two systems. But when I got the N- Nintendo 64, that's when I was still young enough where I was a, a little kid, but old enough that I have the most memories of it, like between that and the PS1. But definitely Nintendo 64 was my third console that I ever had. So I was younger than when I had the PS1. And so... I spent a lot, a lot, lot of my time playing 64 games. So one of my most vivid memories is a really bad memory of playing Mario Party and ripping the skin off my palm because of the fucking analog stick minigames. Mini and I was on vacation visiting family over Thanksgiving break. So I had like a few days off and I brought my Nintendo 64 and all I had was like a few games and one of those games was Mario Party and i would play by myself because there was it was a lot of adults and then just me so i would play mario party against the computer and the computers are bastards at these mini games so i was fucking moving my hand faster than the speed like i entered the speed force <laughs> with how fast i was moving the analog stick with my palm and i just straight up tore the skin off my hand and it was like a huge scar it burned the entire weekend but i still played mario party i bought a fucking glove <laughs> A fingerless glove and (laughs) played that way for the rest of the weekend with my damn burning hand.
2: Feel the might of a true
0: gamer. Yeah. And then... That stand. One of my other memories was um, Super Mario 64 because I was terrified of that game because of Bowser's laugh when he first entered the castle. The... It scared the shit out of me because I really didn't understand who Bowser was (laughs) at the time. It's like, who is this devil man? laughing at me coming into this castle and it scared the shit out of me and the whole the whole beginning where you got enough stars to fight Bowser for the first time and you're running down the hallway and Peach's portrait changes into Bowser as you get closer scared the shit out of me I was like nope I I cannot go in that picture I don't know what kind of devil shit's gonna be on the other side of that painting (laughs) like I am not eventually I got over it and I I played the majority of Mario 64 but I vividly remember that shit scaring the hell out of me what else Oh, you know the big thing was Shadows of the Empire Star Wars and I oh, remember that game was so good. I remember that mostly for the Hoff level in yep. the beginning when you're in that that's um I, I think it's uh, a-wing or or an X-wing or whatever the fuck it is that has the the rope tethers at the end and then you wrap up the the walkers yeah. and cause okay, them the trip. It's A-Wing. I, right? yeah, I think it's the A-wing, but that was I did, never got far in that I I own it to this day I have I have Shadows of the Empire right but i never got farther than like that level because that game is bonkers hard but I remember vividly playing that first level I remember
1: playing some level and like I don't I don't remember where or what I just remember stormtroopers coming at
2: me yeah and fucking all over the place and that
0: game was was really cool but also very hard and so I yeah. never got very far and in, in it.
2: Speaking of Star Wars, I remember one of my other memories, for some reason, uh, this was at the dentist. And the dentist had an N64 hooked up. And I remember one particular visit, there was like a really, really long line, but I didn't care. Because me and this random kid, we played pod racing for like oh, man. an hour and a half. And it was awesome. I love that game so much. Oh. Yeah.
0: There's so many. There's so many good games for Nintendo 64. that it's, it's almost impossible for me to choose one. You know, you have.
1: It's really hard for me. Yeah,
0: there's Majora's Mask. There's Star Fox. There's so many.
2: <laughs> Banjo <Banjo-Kazooie.
0: Mario laughs> Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie. Mario
2: 64. Bomberman.
0: Um, fucking Pokemon Stadium games.
2: Pokemon Snap. A,
0: Pokemon was Super
2: Mario RPG. That was fantastic. No, that was right? no, no,
0: Paper Mario.
2: That was oh, Paper the super
0: first Paper Mario. RPG Mario. But there's so many to choose from. I would say presently is pro it's probably Majora's mask for me. But I know it used to be Star Fox. I you know like Star Fox, I played so much Star Fox, and I just lo- I have it stuck in my head forever, and it plays on a constant loop. just to like, dun 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 and it's just like flying through and like fucking up Star Wolf and shit. I have so many like I never got the really secret ending where you meet his dad or something. He's like Poppy, like Star Fox's Poppy or whatever, <laughs> right? But I played through that game so many times and I just I just loved when, like, going through the game one way and then going through it another and then finding out that if you saved Falco, you can go off to the right and then fight a completely different boss just, like, blew the fuck out of my mind. I was just like, holy shit, there is more to this game than I thought. <laughs> And so I, I I ended up getting, like, the strategy guide for Star Fox and finding out about this super secret ending and then Andross at the end, and I never was able to get there, but just knowing all that shit was in the game,
1: just... I think as much of a cop-out as it is, uh, Mario 64 is probably my favorite N64 game, just because I even have memories of recently, like, a year ago, I went back to play that game, I 100%ed it in a day. Really?
0: Did you, yeah. You saw Yoshi?
1: I just took a whole day off, and I was like, yo, this
0: did game's you, getting done. Did you see Yoshi,
1: though? Hell yeah, I did.
0: My friend told me that Yoshi was on the house, and I was like, fuck, that!" no, he ain't. And yeah, then he yeah. was like, let's go. And I was like, oh,
1: shit. Can he, you he ride you, him? He no. He gives you, like, fuck 150 shit. lives. Why? I beat the fucking game 100% Yeah, exactly. That's like, why I was Useless like, fucking can dinosaur? you ride
0: Yoshi? And he's like,
1: nah. I was like, the is the point?
0: Did you play the, um, the remake for the Nintendo DS? I did.
1: Yeah. Garbage. Is it? I don't like it. Mm. You have to switch between Wario, Mario, Luigi, Luigi
0: and, Yoshi. and Yoshi.
1: I thought that's that's
0: what would would have made it like a good game.
1: I like playing everything as Mo- uh, Luigi
0: or Wario. That would have been cool. Yeah, that's Wario the only reason play why play. I probably would ever play that. And also being able to take good it times, on the go. You know? Yeah, Chris, you have any comments that you want to queue up from the Facebook group about N sixty four memories?
2: Yes, I do. All right, so we have William.
0: Facebook.com slash GrootSenseSuperNewPals.
2: Thank you. So this post was was posted on the 23rd, which was the 20th anniversary. And this was really popular. So we had a whole bunch of uh, users and uh, community members uh, chime in their first memories with N64. So we have William who said, this was my very first system. I was in kindergarten when I got it for one of my birthdays. The girl who lived upstairs would come over every day after school to play Mario Kart and Diddy Kong Racing. Also took turns being terrible at Mario 64. Oh, wait. Wait, hold on. You know what else? I'm sorry. Conquer's Conquers Bad Fur Day.
0: I was not supposed to be playing that game, but I played the fuck out of that game. (laughs) Man, there was this whole crazy shit where they made fun of the Matrix and Alien and Saving Private Raiden and all this crazy stuff. And I remember just endlessly 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 playing the multiplayer portion which was just split screen of you either being a squirrel or a teddy bear and murdering each other and i played the shit of that game so much the multiplayer i don't know why i just wanted to snipe crazy teddy bears (laughs) it just came to me that game was crazy i wish that they would make an an actual full-blown sequel to that on, on the xbox one or whatever the fuck like i would play it man all right chris keep going uh, sorry no, about no, that. I, sorry about that brain blast. I, that just came. No, to no, me. it's great. It's, 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 what, it's what we're all about. It was so vulgar. They didn't curse out, any... I mean, they didn't like bleep out any of the curses. And then if you play, if you played yeah. the, if you played the remake on the Xbox, they bleeped everything. Really? Yeah, it was mm. like don't bleep it. But don't, they got some really, really vulgar shit. And I know this is an explicit rated uh, podcast where we curse on here, but some of the shit they were seeing in that game, like I remember asking my parents one day like what does cunnilingus mean and they're like it, <laughs> no, you don't even know no. that is that is nothing because because uh. there is a scene where conquer somebody asks conquer for a password in order to let him in somewhere and conquer is, is like cunnilingus and i thought it was so funny because i thought it was a nonsense word that meant nothing and i was cracking up over that word oh to be innocent <laughs> so young i feel like if i went back and played it now i'd be like oh no this, <laughs> this game real bad this is a real naughty that's game like,
2: that's like me going back and watching like old school red and stimpy episodes and wondering how the hell on that nickelodeon get on how the yeah, fuck how did nickelodeon, nickelodeon, nickelodeon list? allow
1: this
0: yeah oh my god jeez all right chris go jeez.
2: ahead i'm sorry <laughs> all right so my main man matt he said, in all caps, Star Fox 64. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, I agree. <laughs> which is a very apt review. Yeah, I agree. It's great. Uh, Mikey, he said, I remember opening up on Christmas when it came out and just being freaking amazed at Super Mario 64 and the controller. Jairi, Jairi says, me and my brother playing Star Wars Pod Racing for days. Uh, solid. And then there was this long chain. Stan, Stan references before, but... Pretty much a whole bunch of people were all equally terrified of Bowser and the evil laugh and the piano from Super Mario 64.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: That piano. Are, are you still traumatized? Uh, No,
0: but I remember being pretty freaked out about it. Like today, it's just kind of like silly that I, that I felt that way. But, you know, you got a huge imagination when you're a kid. So when you play that shit, it's just like
1: crazy. Yeah.
2: The kids. When you're a kid, like everything is blown out of proportion, or everything's yeah. become more. You, you remember it more vivid yeah, than I mean, it actually of, was. Of course, no, that, that, that's what that was fun. Of
0: course, it's a, it's a Mario game. You know, Nothing, nothing's going to happen. But like you're a kid, and you you don't you don't realize that. So of course that shit was. Plus the piano thing came out of nowhere, and that was that was real real bad Nintendo for you to do that. Okay, I was not expecting that scaring children like that. What's wrong with you? Putting kids into therapy
2: since. I don't know, like 1980s. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Benjamin, he says, I remember going to over to my friend's house to play Smash. William's uh, comments, was it only me or were any of you terrified of Banjo-Kazooie? I don't think I was terrified. I think that the thing that gave me pause was, I, it kind of confused me why the characters didn't speak English. It was like this weird charlie brown kind of talking where it's like wah wow,, wow, wow, and i was like oh what's going on i don't understand Yo, i like,
1: hated that gruntilda rhymed everything <laughs> yeah
0: i didn't i didn't play banjo until years later when they re-released it for the 360 so i like never eventually i went back and i, I bought banjo kazooie for the nintendo 64 so i own it 64 is the only retro system where i have like a, a robust collection of everything else i don't really have but yeah, I didn't play it until years later, so it didn't it didn't affect me the way it would have. I'm sure I would have been fucking terrified of Banjo Kazooie compared to 64 uh Super Mario 64 anyway, because that game was had like witches
2: and yeah. giant shark things, and so I'm sure. But Banjo 2, it had that dope ass multiplayer shooter game where you used birds instead of guns to, and you shot eggs at each other. That was so awesome. I love that. I love that game or that mini game. Let's see. And Brenda, she mentioned. In all caps, Pokemon Stadium for life. Yes. Oh,
0: I really like the, uh, the Lickitung minigame where you would like eat the food. And sometimes, oh my god, the sushi? Yeah, sometimes you would eat like spicy food. Or or,
1: or what about that annoying fucking Clefairy game where you have to follow what, like the buttons Clefairy does. Oh yeah. But it can get like extremely outrageous. So stupid. I like the, the wood
0: cutting one where you had to cut the wood and they like drop that and you go. Whoosh.
1: Oh yeah. Or the Magikarp one. To see how much you can splash. Yeah,
0: those you know, not for nothing, but those Pokemon Stadium games had some really good mini games that were not even like advertised on on the game itself. Those were like little nice little morsels on the side. You yeah, know? nice little treat compared to the actual battle. Like
1: done done battling, want to do other shit with Pokemon? Yeah, it was like I'm surprised Nintendo didn't
0: capitalize on these fun mini games and made like a Pokemon themed Mario Party. Like a Pokemon oh
2: a party! Oh my god! No, they told... P- please, they, they done please that, Nintendo! Right? Like, pay us for this idea. That, that'll be amazing. Or insert like mini games. I mean, actually, Pokemon. The Pokemon games don't have loading screens, but I wouldn't mind having. Let's say you're you're fast traveling, and then you have like a little Pokemon mini game, like one of those from Pokemon Stadium. I would not mind at all. Yeah, they should totally
0: do a Pokemon party. I'd be down. Let with you them. let you choose between like twenty or something Pokemon to be your little your little pawn, and then you can play mini games why not oh.
2: yeah.
0: all right yeah. so i oh and pokemon pokemon snap Ugh. yes oh, that pokemon. was like the first the first two games i got for the 64 were snap and smash i
1: i remember going back to that game again this was maybe like three or four years ago and a hundred percent of that game it, it doesn't take long at all like maybe maybe an hour maybe two i hours. think
0: pokemon snap is the reason why Mew is probably one of my favorite pokemon because of just how mysterious his level was and the the circumstances under which you had to unlock it and then get a decent picture of him was like so mysterious and like i was like this is this is badass i like this stuff
1: i like the way that you evolved charmeleon into charizard in that game now like, it's so dope. you have I to, like that. you have to knock him into a volcano yeah
0: and there was like you had to basically fuck with the pokemon around you to get yeah. the good pictures like fuck with the egg to make it hatch into like moltres
1: yeah, uh, well, you had to knock the egg into a volcano.
0: Yeah, from Ultras, right? Yeah.
1: And then uh, if you hit Electrode and you get a picture of him after he exploded, it's, like, worth more points than any Electrode up there.
2: Mm-hmm. It baffles me there was never a sequel to Pokemon Snap. Technically... There was supposed to be.
0: Pokemon Go is kind of going to implement a, f- a camera feature, so you
2: kind of... No, I want a hard, like for the NX, Pokemon Snap 2 or Reboot or something where it has all seven or eight or nine, however many generations of Pokemon you can snap. Listen,
0: all they need to do for to make me happy is to add a bonus little thing to the camera feature on Pokemon Go where you can throw shit at the Pokemon and piss them off and then have Professor Oak rate your pictures or talk shit about them. That's it. You were close. Yeah. Like, fuck off, Oak. You ain't out here in the streets trying Excellent. to get these pics. Excellent. Risking, you are close. Risking my life off. for these photos just for you to talk shit in your, your cushy-ass lab. Get the fuck out of here, Professor. Get my face. Anyway. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Same question. Most of your memory, favorite game. Oh, man.
2: So, my... My first ever system, che- Sega Genesis, same, and it, same, it was the same, same. Sega Genesis that came with Sonic 1 and 2. Ooh, Holy lucky. Holy shit. I, Sonic 2 I got was the my one, jam. I got the one that what? came
0: with 2, so you, you,
2: you got one up on me. <laughs> Quite literally. But, oh my god, like, the, the music, I could still hear in my head, like, the Spring Hill Zone and the Chemical Plant Zone. Yeah. Oh my god. But the Chemical Plant Zone was so... Frustrating because the platforms, plot the platforms would like would shift and then you would fall into purple goo and then you would you, you there's like you other platforms you could jump up to get but then you drown in so much five drowning. seconds so much drowning and I would just get so stressed out when when the the, the the running out of air music starts playing and and then and then all of a sudden. <sighs> You just like you just flail and they just drop to the bottom. That
0: scared the sh- That oh traumatized God. the hell out of me. Like I, one time my dad was playing Sonic Two and he was trying to get out of the water and the the music started and I got so terrified I turned the game off on him. I like shut it off because I didn't want to hear the fucking noise.
1: Oh no no why? <laughs> and he was
0: like, "What the? F- why'd you do that?" And I was like, "That's too scary, Dad. We can't do that." Start over from level one.
2: Also, with Sonic 2, like, it was my first foray to next gen graphics, because there was that one mode where you could, you're all of a sudden you're in 3D, and you're running through that half pipe, and you gotta collect the rings and dodge the mines, just dodge the bombs. And I thought that was like the most advanced looking graphics things I ever seen in my life. And I just love, love it, just running, and running in like full circles, like you would just run, on the side, and you're just running to the ceiling, and then you run back in a corkscrew motion from the other side. It was so cool. Ugh, gotta. I I love Sonic so much. And then, and then my other favorite one was like, well, I was I got I was really late into the Sega Dreamcast. boat. by the time I got a Sega Dreamcast, it was it was like on his death rows. Like the the PlayStation Two was just about to come out, mm. but I, I I played um. Sonic Adventure Two with and I was it was just so dope. It was like these really dope ass '90s rock soundtracks, and then you had the soap shoes, and you could grind on rails. And I went through a phase where all I wanted for Christmas was soap shoes and to just to be cool like Sonic and just the grind and stuff. I forgot that you could buy shoes like that. Yeah, I wanted those. You, can, shoes, you still man. can. You have to buy it from like third party sellers or eBay, but. You can still get the original sh- soap shoes. You can still buy like the replacement grind plating that you can switch out. Mm. And you know, part of me still just—I just, just want to like bite the bullet and just spend like a couple, like like fifty, sixty dollars, just just get a p- pair of soap shoes and be like, yes, this 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 pe- this piece of fashion that's twenty years old. You should do it. I have it, and now I can bring it back. Just put it, it is- or just
0: put it in a plastic like box, like display it.
2: That would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: One of my memories with Sonic was uh, probably playing the first game, the first Sonic game, mm. but on the Game Boy Advance. Oh. Uh, so, like... you, uh, How long did you wait till you played Sonic? I actually didn't get into Sonic until very late. Oh, okay. That uh, explains it. I was about nine or ten. At, at first, nothing really caught me with Sonic, but... Mm. Then I I decided to play it, and then I started getting into other Sonic games, so Adventure Two and uh, Adventure. Those those are probably my most profound memories.
0: Have you guys played Generations?
1: Yes, There's... I love that game.
2: I'm trying to remember which one. I'm, I need
1: That's to the out. one where
0: where, o- That's where OG, OG Sonic yeah. meets OG New Fat Gen Sonic meets Adventure. <laughs> future Oh, this one and they and it's like the best of every single sonic level or whatever have you played that chris yeah uh, i played it with my cousin what i my favorite thing about that is the remixed old og sonic versions of like the the modern levels yeah like city escape 2d version and stuff like that game is so good um i'm like chris where my first console was the sega genesis but mine came with only sonic 2 and i remember my most vivid memory from sonic is getting or I, I don't think i even got it i think i rented it from blockbuster or something but sonic and knuckles yo
2: sonic and knuckles is so dope and
0: i remember taking it home and having sonic 2 which i got when the dreamcast i mean the dreamcast when the genesis first came out and thinking i was completely done with that game never again going to touch sonic 2 cuz i played it too much and then putting sonic and knuckles in the console and then putting sonic 2 on top And then turning on Sonic 2 and playing Sonic 2 as Knuckles just fucking blew my mind. I was like, holy shit, I can play Sonic 2 as Knuckles. This is nuts. How do they do this fucking time travel technology? I don't even know. (laughs) And then, and then, I thought that was the only reason why you'd play Sonic and Knuckles, like, have the cartridge. I took Sonic 2 out because I was like, fuck it. I turned the game on, and Sonic and Knuckles was its own fucking game that you could play. And I was like, holy shit, how did they do that? <laughs> and then you could put Sonic 3 in there and play as Knuckles.
2: The fucking crazy shit.
0: It's so good. Talk about an expansion pack. And then. And they, don't then make, they don't make it like they used oh, to, you know? And then I tried to do some Frankenstein shit and take NBA Jam and put it in there, and it was like, no. And I was like, damn. I thought I had it. I thought I'd be able to play NBA Jam with Knuckles.
2: <laughs> Imagine. I, that show would be amazing. <laughs> Oh holy shit! Yes, <laughs> oh.
0: glide across the court,
2: <laughs> boom, shakalaka. I'm sure we can we, with the power of mods. We can do. We can still do it, I but mean, I don't think it'll be. But Sega, please, if you're listening to this, yeah, you have our blessings. I was saying before. I don't remember if it was Sonic Aven- or Sonic Two or Sonic and Knuckles, but there was this one level where. Sonic is standing on a biplane, and then he go. Then he turns supersonic, and then you're just flying throughout the map. Holy shit, that was so awesome! I think like, that was Sonic no Three, idea. actually. Okay, that sounds right. But I just remember turning supersonic or just seeing that footage, and I was like, "What is going on?" and and I didn't want to end, and then I and then I died, and it's like, "No." I-.
0: I think my favorite game in the Sonic that's ever been like a Sonic game. My favorite Sonic game ever. I think is Sonic Adventure. Um it was the first game that I got with the Dreamcast. I got it pretty early. Um I actually got the PS2 very late, at least a year after everyone else. I knew got it because I got the Genesis and I was playing that. And Adventure was the first game that I got for it and I played that game so much and I remember that first level with the with the beach where you're tracking down tails and they have the the killer whale. I thought that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life and I played that level so many times. And then Having, and then finishing that level, and then having this whole hub world of Station Square, and then yeah. it uh, gradually unlocking for you the more you played it and like got more abilities for Sonic, and then having the ability to play as a different character, and then pulp fiction style, relive different scenes that you experience with another character from someone else's perspective. That was so awesome to me, and I played so much of um Sonic Adventure and the whole end boss with with Perfect Chaos and Super Sonic just was so cool. I also really like playing Sonic the Fighters, which is a really terrible fighting game with Sonic characters that I that I got in the Sonic Gems collection which was like for the PS2 but it was a collection of really hard to get Sonic games. So like Sonic Sonic R Sonic the Fighters and, and I, I played the Shadow of the Fighters, which was like a a terrible, really hard Tekken kind of Sonic game where you just punch in the shit out of people, but I, I liked it. I liked it a lot.
1: I also liked uh, the the Chow Garden and Adventure 2. Yeah. Raising Chows.
0: My favorite thing about Adventure 2 is that you can play as the villains. Yeah. I, that was honestly what my favorite thing about it was and Sonic
1: Heroes. Sonic Heroes was the shit. I
0: actually never played Sonic Heroes.
1: The game was so good, but not Shadow the Hedgehog.
0: The game was garbage. But you there, but there was like literally thirty endings in Sonic yeah. Shadow the Hedgehog. Though I thought it was dumb that they gave him a gun. That was
2: real dumb. Why why you do that, Sega? Why why are you giving a gun? You know, I I was really fond of that. Wasn't a game. It was the, um, it was one of the episodes of the Sonic OVA or the Sonic anime where Sonic and Metal Sonic were facing off. And um, they were teaming up with Knuckles, and they were just—they had to try to get to this generator. And isn't that the one te- where Knuckles has like a cowboy hat? Uh, <laughs> I know what
1: you're talking I don't, about. Know. I, I don't remember I know what you're talking about.
0: Oh God, maybe
2: oh, it's been so long.
0: Because I think I had that on VHS, like Sonic the Hedgehog the movie or some shit. It was called oh the my Dub. God. <laughs>
2: Yeah, look there go. he, yeah. he got he got the cowboy hat oh, nice nice or it's like a crocodile dundee hat yeah, yeah something like that oh man i just that was my first time ever encountering metal sonic i thought it was the scariest most baddest thing i've ever seen in my life
0: yeah that was that was actually the first time too because i never i didn't have the sega cd so i never played sonic cd i still need to play sonic cd man you can go into the future in that game is <laughs> you- silver there no, <laughs> you. But you can you can tap into the speed force and like change the future.
2: That's fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, Sonic. Oh, man. Now
2: I want a Sonic and Flash crossover TV show. That'd be awesome. You know what I would like?
0: That's that. I'm surprised hasn't happened yet. An actual Sonic and Mario game that's not like the Olympics, but they have like an actual thing that they need to solve, like mm-hmm. some like some prop like some S- Super Mario Galaxy type crisis. And then you bring in Sonic for some levels.
1: That would be do it. cool. Just do it.
2: Or or Bowser acquires the Chaos Emerald somehow. Yeah, And, like, not? Dr. Eggman is involved.
0: I mean, they did a whole comic series. Or two of them, I think. Two minis where Sonic and Mega Man teamed up yeah. in the comics.
2: Really? Yeah. That sounds awesome. It was- what, just
0: throw in, throw in Mario. Make, make a new Captain N, please. That would yeah. be awesome. I'm, I'm surprised you never heard of that comic series, man. Like, no, I,
2: I'm sorry. I didn't. Egg, I, I,
0: Dr. Robotnik and Dr. Wily become like BFFs. And then they, they plan to like
2: <laughs> fucking
0: take they out. They start
1: it, making like robot bosses, but like of Mega Man char- uh, of Sonic 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 characters. Sonic characters. So there's
0: like a, a robot version of Knuckles and shit that they have to. With like Wily's tech. So they make like more advanced robot masters that they have to take out. So Some crazy shit. It's crazy.
2: But, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's it, right? Yeah that's the show
1: thank you guys for listening yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know. oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm
0: hosting this week right? thanks <laughs> yeah, guys <you> <laughs> thanks guys for listening uh you can catch us on the internet at supernerpals.com. also on twitter at SuperNerdPals. Super pals is on facebook you can find us on facebook.com slash group slash there's lots of memes and sometimes there are threads that make it onto the show when something interesting happens like the nintendo 64 one that we just went over uh, but it's a fun time. You should join. You should also subscribe, rate, and tell your friends about this show. Give us five stars. It helps people find us easier. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and wherever the fuck else you go when you go into the Google machine and you and you type our name, it'll it'll be there. I promise you. Don't worry about it. We are it. the entire first page of Google. Supernerd pals, we're we're all over the place. Okay. Um, I'm Stan. You can find me on
2: Twitter at Stan doom.
1: I'm Andy. You can find me on Twitter at sweetjustice one.
2: And I'm Chris, you can find me at Twitter at Kyo and Ninja for higher. That's KYO Ninja for Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. W- Thank you. See you next yo, week. Yell,
0: very quickly
2: Hanzo's ult, ult ultra.
1: Put me out.
0: Close Dragon
2: enough. Strike arrow
0: blah blah blah. Close enough.
1: Alright. You <laughs> go Thank you.